This is the Alpaca Podcast for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Hi, Steve here, and welcome to the Alpaca Tribe, the podcast for alpaca people. Hope you're having a good week, and the weather is being kind to you. We suddenly had a situation where I had it this morning planned, and it got changed. Do you ever get that? I think you probably do. That's the nature of keeping animals, I think. So this is just a a bit of rambling, literally, up the hill, but also me rambling while I'm up there. So I hope you enjoy the outdoor recording of today, and we'll catch you again soon. Hi, Steve here, and I'm at the top of a hill. I got the the buzz of a a tractor cutting grass, which will be hay, over on the field further over. We've got the sound of cows in the background as well which was my reason for coming up here, where one of the gates um, was open. And the cows had nudged it open somehow. So I had to tie that off make sure the cows... I'm now just having a wander in the field, in the, the longer bracken, just to check we haven't got any cows in. The cowpats have stopped near the gate, so probably we're OK. But I think i better just check. So, And one of the things I was thinking about was having a good relationship with neighbours and there's the old saying about strong fences makes for strong neighbours or something along those lines I'll have to check and see what exactly that phrase is but mending fences when you're talking about uh, restoring relationships and uh, so mending fences is is really important so I'm checking what I'm looking at here and there's a few posts that have finally got that angle on them that says they've snapped down the bottom so and there's some of the some of the stuff up here. It's really old. Um, the the wire is okay, but the the posts themselves are showing their age. And there's some parts. Oh, there's a, there's one. Got some half rounds and some of the bits and pieces. But every now and again, you see one and you go, "Oh, that's different." And it's one of the old oak posts. And the neighbour who's in his late eighties now, he remembers doing posts with his father, and they actually cut an oak and then split and etc etc down to get the square posts so they were kind of fresh green oak posts and I don't know how many sets of wire they've had on <laughs> over the years but they've lasted incredibly well the modern posts not so much they seem to have watered down the mixture for preserving or not used it enough or not at all and regularly we've got posts that snap off at ground level. So where it's just slightly damp. It's funny, where it's really wet, they seem to last better. <laughs> it's strange, isn't it? But there's obviously a, a level of moisture that allows for, um, I guess, is rot fungus to affect it. And uh, they just snap off at, at ground level. Some of them sort of split and disintegrate at the top as well, but they're just not lasting anything like as long as they used to at least according to my neighbour I've not had the years of experience of fence posts that he has but so it's a challenge to know a 
what you put in in the first place. Do you treat them? Do you not? We've got so many kilometres of fence that we haven't routinely treated, but there are some bits that seem to be regularly going and rotting, so we need to check that. So boundaries are really important um, for good neighbours, good relationships with your neighbours, but also for keeping, well, your <laughs> alpacas in and keeping other things out. And there are some things you just can't keep out. Notice one bit of fence that uh, isn't quite as secure as it needs to be. And then another job for later in the week. Come back and sort that out. But the the wire was pushed up at the bottom, so something is coming under. And it was coming from the other side, from the neighbour side. Uh, but it's up into woodland, so what are we talking? It could be badger, it could be fox. Mm, fox less bothered about f- f- badgers. We don't really want having too many, but we've, we do have some around in the area. And the more they're disturbed, the more likely the possibility of bringing in some infected ones. But if you've got a stable population, they're usually not a major problem. However, they are p- potential transmitters of, of TB, so that's a challenge. Um, beautiful, but not really that welcome, unfortunately. And then you've got what happens with the, the alpacas and TB and people's attitude towards that, and that's very emotive. And because they spit or just because somebody said oh they're terrible for transmitting TB they get a really bad name they can clearly be affected and they potentially you can catch TB from a cat so they, I'm sure potentially TB from an alpaca is much more likely or possible than a cat but I think the level of risk is a lot lower than, than other things but we, we just need a different solution and I'm pleased to see that we're doing some work in talking about a potential vaccine for cows whether that would be the same or would work in alpacas, I don't know. And we're a long way down the food chain. Um, literal in terms of cows, but metaphorical in terms of alpacas. A long way down the, the, the chain of uh, where the money's going to be spent to do the work, because there's a lot of cows being lost. There's a lot of expense. So that would be good to, to fix and improve for sure. And that will have a knock-on effect then into to the alpacas. So um, I'm getting my breath back slightly. It's a long way up here, and it's we got parts of the hillside here that's great for alpacas. They they love it, but it's uh, it's kind of three in one. Um, the other thing I'm I'm needing to check a that we haven't got cows in, and b that we've got the alpacas in <laughs> instead, because I haven't seen them yet. And if the gate was open, have they wandered in through the other way? Oh no, there's one. I can see. I need to check and see. I can see some others. <laughs> Count them off. Make sure they're all around. They're unlikely to go through the fences. They don't, the, the gate, they're not that interested in, uh, in wandering off there, but they are curious and <laughs> nosy and inquisitive, and they will. But I think it was, it was more that the wind blew and, and uh, changed direction, and it was coming from the north. It closes the gate. It comes from the southwest, which it was yesterday. Then it would actually blow the gate open, which I think is what happened. I um, don't know how the cows got back, actually, but anyway... They, they all seem to be making noises in the right place. I haven't seen any sign of um, how heavy they are. I mean, the, the cows are really having some of these are, are very big, as well as the, the younger calves. And you can see their footprints. They churn up the ground really quickly, and that's when it's fairly dry. If it's wet, then it really makes a difference. You can tell the difference then between alpacas and how light they are on the ground, how much less impact they have in terms of um, 
churning it and poaching the ground, sort of compressing all the, the mud down. So uh, that's nice to see. And there's little paths <laughs> going through the, through the bracken. So the bracken is, in places I'm looking at here, is... I'm going to stand next to it. Okay, so that's my height. So that's uh, five foot eight. Um, and that's how high the bracken is in places. There's three in one slope on, on the hill in a lot of places, four in one most of the place. So it's, it's very steep. It's very difficult to do much. Um, there are some bits I just can't get to with a machine, but I, I'll try and get the the tractor up. We've got a, a, an alpine tractor, which is much better. As it's balanced wheels, so they're the same size. It doesn't look like a tractor. It's just a little compact thing. Um, and it's got a Perkins engine on the front, and you put the implement on the back so it balances. It tends to, to slide before it rolls. It's very stable. It's used in alpine situations, so used in... Um, in Europe, um, Switzerland, and Italy, and things. It's actually made in Italy. It's a Carraro. I did when I was looking for tractors. I did actually look at a red Ferrari. Could you believe that? There is, there is a. It's a different, different Ferrari though. But it's, it's the makers of the car. Um, same name, different. As far as I can tell, it's a different organisation. But they actually make tractors, so you can have a Ferrari tractor and a red one. And it's just the thought of that tickled me a bit. Uh, it wasn't quite what we needed, so we didn't go that route. But. The Carrara has been really good. Been very pleased with it, and uh, it's a good little workhorse. It's got the uh, TPL three-point li- link, uh, TPL rather three-point link on the back, and uh, the uh, PTO, the power takeoff. So you can actually run small, um, normal farm implements. So I've got a, a flail mower and that kind of stuff, which is really helpful for, for what I need. Uh, it's no good for for making hay, but we haven't got. <laughs> with these slopes and everything. Everything in the valley is on a slope. We haven't got enough capacity to think about making our own hay. Um, but uh, it's, it's quite a, a useful tool, good, good workhorse for carrying things around, but also cutting and, and that kind of stuff. So, but again, it's a bit like a big, big heavy cow. If the ground's wet, it can really churn up the ground. So you, you want to do a one or two pass maximum. Um, so I'm going to have to wander down the hill now and see if I can count off my boys. Make sure they're all there. So the other thing we're good at growing here is gorse. There's a lot of that. And it's encroaching onto the path, so I need to cut back. I'm going to have to come on the chainsaw. Some of this gorse, it isn't just kind of a gorse bush or a, or a little plant. It's turned into trees. They go up and up. And uh, it's good for the bees. And there's not much else around in our valley, certainly. It's far from general flowers, but in terms of a big source of, uh, of nectar and pollen stuff for the bees, it would be probably the gorse. Or they're going to have to fly quite a distance. So, um, seeing what's going back forwards here, looks like my boys are doing a start of a job of trampling down the the bracken, which is helpful. There are two ways of treating bracken if you've got a large area. One is to um, oh here we are. I found a boy in the. Um, just going to stop and take a picture.
So as well as the photograph, you got me recorded actually taking photographs. But no, the, the boys are all here, I found them. So they're just lost in the, the height of the bracken. But they are trampling it down. Um, and I was saying there's two ways of treating bracken. One is to, to spray it, and we don't really want to do that. Um, on a very large scale, then you can do aerial spraying using a, a helicopter and stuff. Well, that's totally out of the question for us. So near the, the water supply, etc., cetera, uh, the, the like. But also, yeah, just we wouldn't use sprays um, as our first line of defence. So the other option, uh, key one that seems to work very well, is to, to roll it. Um, so you can actually have a, an open roller, so rather than a closed roller, um, it's an open roller, so it bruises the stems of the um, end of July now, so we've gone into August. August is a good time. It's the end of the growing season, really, You want to, as it's taking the goodness back into the roots, which spread the, locally, they're, they're known as um, chicken feet the roots um and they they, they're about a foot 18 inches down so if even if it burns it all gets burnt off which some some will burn off to to get the grass come through um so the the beginning of the season then it it doesn't destroy the plant because the roots are protected underground and you can have a very very long root that spreads over a very wide area you can have a few plants that are actually covering almost the whole of a hillside so um Rolling it bruises it, and it doesn't take the goodness then back into the root for the next year. So it doesn't do anything for this year, but it does help next. Um, if you cut too early, then it'll tend to grow back, but lower, um, to some extent thinner, but particularly it doesn't grow up as, as high. But it's, it's very difficult to to think that cutting is actually going to achieve anything, unless you've got a small area you can just trim, which, which I, there's some bits I tidy, but on the on the whole hillside. So you've got, got to be able to get up and and roll it how do you do that well in some places um on gower which is not far from us uh here in swansea it's it's further down uh near the cliffs and stuff you, some areas you really wouldn't want to be using tractor but they use a horse drawn so they have a, a, a horse uh and then pull a, a roller behind it and they can manage that and they can get into areas um so maybe i could train the alpacas and they could pull this thing up and down the hill i don't think so <laughs> Can you imagine that? No, I can't either. So um, so we're looking at then using the, the Alpine tractor, which is why I got it so up and down, not across. Um, and there are some bits you just still can't get to, but it, it is a possibility to, to cut it and to reduce it for next year. Um, I may even try just rolling some areas using, because there's a, there's a built-in roller with, with the, um, the flail mower. Um, so it's not an open one, but at least it would flatten it down and maybe worth trying an area of that and just seeing what that does compared with a cut put them next to each other um so land maintenance is starting to come back into my attention and the the fences and there's there's various posts i've got some of the the girls who will insist (laughs) they will insist on pushing themselves they're wiping themselves on the fence and you hear this and it's kind of kind of graunching sound where the, the fence wire is being stretched but it's all pushing up against the, the posts, and if there's any dodgy ones, then they'll, they'll snap, and we have flo- floppy bits of fence then. So there's a bit of a continuous fix with that, and that's, they're the bits that I would tend to, to give a bit of a treatment um, down at ground level, just to preserve it. And a few, few bits on the top as well, just a quick dab of something over the top, just keeps the rain from getting down into the post. It's one of those things, it's, they last a long time, but not that long. And uh, you just got to keep an eye on that. Painting the fourth bridge is a it's kind of a, a metaphor that's used about a continuous job. 
um, fourth bridge up in Scotland. Um, and you start, and then by the time you finish, you've got to start again. So it's a bit like that with fences. So fences are good to be checking on, fence posts, but also the, the fence wire. Um, putting a bit of tension on doesn't need to be too much. Where the girls particularly have got access. Um, but generally, internal fences, I don't use uh, barbed wire on the top, but I use a, just a plain wire stretched on top of the, the normal stock fence wire. Um, but the outside fences, they, then because they're keeping out the cows or the neighbours' sheep or whatever, then I tend to use the barbed wire. Um, but as I say, we've got, because of the size of the, the plot, we, we do have <laughs> kilometres of fence to sort out and some bits. You only know it's not quite as good as it, you thought it was when you start getting sheep coming through. Um, a good time to be doing it, yes, but not quite so good because the vegetation's all grown up. I've got some areas where the, the brambles are the ones that are, are causing the, the fence to be secure. And when they die back, then the sheep potentially can push through. So um, it's a bit of surveying, a bit of doing what you can, running repairs, etc. And then some areas that are going to need a bit more major work and, and replacement. What I found is that I, I can replace individual posts and keep the existing thing. You can put them in sort of next to where the other post was and you can drive it in. But you need somebody to hold the fence out of the way, otherwise you keep catching yourself. I've got a, a post driver, which is the, the one that sits over, like a tube that fits over the top of the post. Um, but I couldn't be doing that all day. I don't know how people do that. I suppose once you get fit and have that set of muscles developed, you can <laughs> do it. And I keep, I keep forgetting to breathe. I'm doing the fence, banging these things in and, and concentrating and really trying to put some effort into it and, and I keep forgetting to breathe so I go so far and suddenly think I'm going to have to stop so I tend to pace myself and do a few posts rather than do a whole morning's worth of post driving if you've got somebody with you it's okay but at the moment I'm, I'm working on my own because of the coronavirus stuff lockdown but um, yeah so fencing and boundaries and Vegetation, catch those seeds when you can before they. I'm sitting looking at one here that needs to be bagged. So now, now is the point. Not you can't just cut it. You have to bag the seeds as well. I, I bumped into some um, thistles and spread stuff in the in the air. I thought, oh, I didn't bring a bag up with me to put it over the top first. So if you put it over the top and then cut, you can keep the seeds in a bag rather than having them blowing around on your fields. Um, the other thing was I was thinking about fields this morning was. Um, what what maximizes the grass the grazing that's the grass you're gonna that's what they want to be eating so what is minimizing or reducing that and you've got a variety of things you've got other plants that get in there you've got some broad leaf things so you've got dock leaves we have and and some other plants um, which kind of crowd out the grass a bit and up on the hillside here it's the bracken that crowds out the grass there's enough on the insides and the, and the bottoms that the alpacas can get to because i've got a lower number but for the acreage, it's, they're not getting as much grazing as they could. Um, so that's one aspect, is vegetation. The other thing is stones. I've noticed, <laughs> I'm sure you have too, that these stones keep appearing. And it's just, they, they do come to the surface of the ground. And if you've got stones on the ground, there's not grass growing over that area. If you take all the little stones and put them all together... That's quite an, an area. So collecting up stones, particularly the larger ones, um, well, you can build little, little walls or you can fill in holes and do all kinds of things with them. But when they're spread out on your grazing, then they're actually reducing the amount 
of grass. So I'm not suggesting that you do a potato pick of stones and work over the whole field unless you have an army of people to help you and we can't do that at the moment either. Oh, all these things that we need more helpers for. But yeah, so it's going to be a question of going um, certain areas when you see them, collect them into a pile. That reduces the amount of coverage, but also then you've got something to come back and pick up. So it's again back to my little tractor or the quad or a wheelbarrow or whatever it is you need to use. Small buckets are great, plastic buckets, but don't overfill them because they... <laughs> Speaking from experience, they will snap the handles. So don't make, <clears throat> make the mistake of filling the bucket too full unless you're going to come back to that and pick it up with a machine or, or some kind. Um, so yeah, so it's, I was thinking about the improving the grazing and uh, taking stones is a good way of doing that. The vegetation that isn't grass, that they're not eating, and also taking out the stones. So yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a, <clears throat> a lull really in a, in a sense tail end of the moving towards the tail end of the summer and there are things that we can do all the time little bits little bits little bits and that's the best way really to deal with a big job is, is in small small chunks so spend half an hour just taking something out is it <clears throat> you can make quite a difference in half an hour um and if it's a, it becomes such a big job you've got to spend all day doing it you get very disheartened and very tired so find ways of of nibbling at the thing before it becomes a big problem and uh, yeah, so that's that's my musings for today of checking fences. I found the alpacas. I haven't found any cows. The gate's now closed and, and tied off with a good old bale of twine. Um, and that'll keep us sort of like need a checkup. And there's another bit of fence where something was coming under mental note to self. Remember to come back and fix that. And um, yeah, I mean, while they're cutting the hay and the birds are singing and the cows are shouting in the background. Have a good day and enjoy your alpacas. This is the Alpaca Tribe and I'm Steve Hetherington. Have a good day. <laughs>